Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat-Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. When Serena Wolf first witnessed the way her boyfriend really ate at home, she was absolutely terrified. Unless you want to have a heart attack in your 30s, you have to dial in your nutrition. And most dudes have absolutely no clue where to start. I'm speaking from the heart and speaking from experience here. Our guest today is Serena Wolf, author of The Dude Diet, Cleanish Food for People Who Like to Eat Dirty. She's a trained chef who specializes in making guy food with healthy ingredients without sacrificing taste. So if you or the dude in your life can't live without mac and cheese, Philly cheesesteak, nachos, and pizza, this show is definitely for you. Before we get to it, here's the review of the week that just came in from iTunes. Jangarang2 says, I started listening to your podcast a year and a half ago. It's kept my commute interesting while taking me on my journey to get fit and healthy. I have lost over 50 pounds and kept it off. I still get comments at work daily. Abel has a lot of great information from a diverse set of guests that will lead you to reconsider conventional wisdom. I hope that I can inspire others like Abel has inspired us through this podcast. Well, Change Rang 2, I don't know your real name, but that's an excellent handle. And I just want to say congratulations. Dropping 50 pounds is no joke. And I love that you're getting value out of the fat burning man show. I started it up tongue in cheek five years ago, but I really want to help people get connected to information that can help them. And conventional wisdom is so very often wrong. So I want to help connect you with the information that you need to help change your life. If you want to share your story, leave a comment for me at fatburningman.com or hit me up on social media under Abel James or head on over to iTunes and leave me a review for Fat Burning Man. I always appreciate hearing from you guys. And if you'd like to try the wild diet yourself from the device you're listening on right now, check this out. Our new 30-day wild fat loss program has the best meal plans we've ever put together and a new discount for a limited time. Allison and I developed the 30-day meal plans using our favorite recipes backed by the principles of the wild diet to help you shed fat as quickly as possible while enjoying satisfying meals and real food treats. Here's what you have to look forward to. We'll show you how to reprogram your metabolism to go from a sugar burner to a fat burner, which speeds fat loss. And if you're addicted to sugar, carbs, processed food, junk food, or anything else like that, we'll get the sugar monkey off your back. You don't need to slave on a treadmill for hours. You can lose weight by exercising less with our quick wild seven workouts. You also don't need to obsess yourself with eating six plus meals a day. You simply eat when you're hungry. No ridiculous workouts, calorie counting, or gloom required, I promise. So if you're ready to start shedding stubborn fat while eating delicious food, get our 30-day program for a limited time discount at fatburningman.com slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. From the device you're listening on right now, just type in fatburningman.com slash 30 days and you'll get the listener discount. Or if you just want to dip your toes into the wild lifestyle, you can also get a free wild diet quick start guide and seven day meal plans for joining my newsletter at fatburningman.com. That's totally free. All right, I'll see you there. On to the show with Serena. You're about to learn, and this is a fun one, why her boyfriend thought healthy food was gross, how to talk about nutrition without boring dudes to tears, why a guy who can cook is automatically smarter, funnier, and more attractive, why messing up in the kitchen is a good thing, and much more. Let's hang out with Serena. All right, folks, Serena Wolf is author of The Dude Diet, Private Chef, and Smarty Pants Harvard grad. She's been featured on Dr. Oz, Martha Stewart Radio, and has a wonderful blog at domesticate me 
Com. And we were actually introduced by a past guest of the show, Dr. Srini Pillay, and he's a strange and beautiful man. I think you'll agree, but I'm so glad you're here. We're going to have so much fun. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, I've been going through your book, which is wonderful, by the way, over the past few days. And uh, I'd like to start with you just describing what you observed with your boyfriend and his eating habits. Okay. (laughs) Well, so when I started dating my boyfriend, I was in culinary school and I noticed, you know, we were dating long distance. So I only saw him from time to time and he loved food like I've never seen anybody love food the way that he loved food. I mean, you could get like a contact high from watching him eat a sandwich. It was insane. Um, But, you know, given that I was in culinary school, it was one of the first things that attracted me to him. I love food. It's great to see people like get that excited about what they're eating. And when we were together, I would notice that, you know, he did eat incredibly heavy meals, like talking a lot of meat, cheese, and white bread, essentially. Man and food. Man food. Like, your traditional dude foods. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I figured he was probably eating some healthy stuff on his own time. And it was only when we moved in together and I became privy to his day-to-day eating habits that I noticed that they were out of control. Like, yeah. really terrifying. Right. And, you know, I... I'm a healthy eater, but I'm not judgmental. Like this was really, really intense. There was a serious lack of vegetables going on, a ton of, you know, just processed foods and red meat and cheese. And I was like, you know, this is really, really bad. But I would casually mention, I wasn't about to harp on him to change his eating habits immediately, but I was sort of like casually suggesting that he eats some healthier foods from time to time. You know, I'd grown very attached to him. I didn't want sure. to lose him before the age of 35. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that you makes really sense. To, yeah, clean up your act a little bit. And for some reason, he had this, every time I said something like that, he had this crazy reaction. It was like, I'm not eating weird vegan food. Yeah. It was absurd. I'm not a vegan. Sure. <laughs> sort of a kind of a ridiculous. All vegetables thing. are vegan. Don't you know that? Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, you know, healthy food is gross. It was sort of, in, you know, this sounds insulting, but it was sort of like talking to a kid sure. about the foods that they didn't want to eat. It was like talking to a, a picky eater. And I was one as a kid, so I totally understood that. Yeah. But he, there was this real sense of panic every time I mentioned healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And I realized that he had this incredibly grim view of health food and I have no clue where it came from, but he sort of thought that eating healthily meant resigning himself to a diet of like non-fat yogurt and tofu and like unmassaged kale. It was very scary. Dudes aren't going to massage any vegetables. Come on. (laughs) So I sort of, you know, wanted to figure out a way that I could get him to eat a little bit more healthily, but also be excited about him because I would never excited about what he was eating. I didn't want to rob him of that like extreme childlike joy he had, you know, like every time he went to Chipotle. So like it was, it was something that- It's a double-edged sword. It is. And I really wanted to maintain that excitement. But the other factor that I was dealing with was the fact that he really didn't know very much about nutrition. Yeah. And I don't like to generalize here, but I do think just because of the way that the media is today, Mm -hmm. women tend to know a little bit more about nutrition than men, just whether or not it's because, you know, we're bombarded with like 
photos of women in yeah. bikinis and Victoria's Secret, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, we are slightly more body conscious and therefore tend to seek out that knowledge. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would add to that that men just know less <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you really look at it. But it's there's also a piece to this that I think is we don't do this on purpose. But if you look at the way that a guy is raised, I can tell you that. If I'm out with my guy friends and I'm like talking about how great vegetables are, it doesn't go over all that well. There's a piece of like being a dude where your measure of a man, as silly as this sounds, is how many hot wings you can choke down your throat as quickly as possible. It really is. The game day mentality, like you're not going to go to a sports bar and order a kale salad. You're not going to like go to a Super Bowl party and be like the guy that's like nibbling on the celery stick on like the edge of the wings platter. Like that's that's just not reality. And so, and keep in mind, my boyfriend, his name is Logan, is a like incredibly intelligent, well-educated man. And so the fact that he knew nothing about nutrition, I was like, okay, this is an interesting dynamic. Like, why is this missing? Um, But I also realized it wasn't something that he was particularly interested in. And everybody Mm -hmm. has different interests, you know? So, like, I wasn't going to bore him with a dissertation on, like, you know, why, like, exactly how refined sugar, like, is processed in your body. That was never going to resonate with him. So I was like, I need to figure out some building blocks be able to communicate some nutrition basics in a way that he can understand and doesn't bore him to tears right. so that he can make better choices. Because what I realized was like, he didn't think he was eating that unhealthily. Yeah. So he would be like, well, what do you mean? Like I eat a salad for lunch every day. And I was like, what kind of salad? He's like, it's like a Buffalo chicken salad. I'm like, congratulations. You're eating an order of chicken fingers for lunch every day. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, chicken fingers and mayonnaise and mayonnaise. And cheese, I'm like, that did not become magically healthy because it's briefly in contact with a few pieces of iceberg like that. But these were the things he really thought because he was eating a salad that he was like doing something good for himself. Sure. Uh, Yeah. And you're you know so much about this. Like there are so many misconceptions and he would find he would hear all this information about different diets and then internalize random tidbits and apply them to his meals so that he'd be like, oh, like. You know, French fries are vegan. Like, vegan is healthy. You know, or something like ridiculous things like that. Like, onion rings are a vegetable. Or, like, mac and cheese is vegetarian. All of these, like, ridiculous things that I'm like, you have to be eating a more balanced diet. And so I started creating, I started creating these meals that were in the beginning just revamped versions of classic comfort foods. So, like, his favorite meals. So everything from mac and cheese, Philly cheesesteaks, lasagna, like all of these chicken parm, like all of these sort of traditionally heavy foods with very few redeeming nutritional qualities. And then remaking them in a way that incorporated more whole foods, incorporated more vegetables. And that, you know, I, the standard was still the same, you know, cheesesteak excitement freak out. So like (laughs) I wanted him to be really enjoying them. So that was sort of where the dude diet started and it started as a blog column. And what I realized was that people were contacting me. Like the first post was sort of a one-off post. It was meant to be like a cathartic exercise. I was like, I'm feeding, you know, like my boyfriend is sort of on a diet. I'm like feeding him these foods and 
I, it, and that was still back when, you know, my blog was in its early days. So I was sort of overwhelmed by the response that I got. Yeah. And it was some, you know, it was like guys who were like, thanks for, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like make baby steps towards eating a little more healthily. Right. You know, and there was one guy who was like, I just moved to LA and I'm sort of being bombarded with all this, like everyone wants me to be paleo or vegan or whatever. And like, he was like, I'm just trying to like do my thing, but yeah. the dude diet is like manageable for me. He's like, I, you know, I bought, I bought some kale today. I'm like, I'm not, I'm scared of it, but like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Baby, so steps. That, baby steps. And, and then, you know, what was even more surprising was that, you know, women were reaching out and mm -hmm. saying, you know, one of three things, like either I really like this type of food. I've always eaten this way. And so I'm appreciating these recipes. And I'm like, interesting because I feel the same way. Like I've been on the dude diet for years, yeah. <laughs> you know? but also like, they were like, I've been searching for meals that I can eat with my, you know, significant other mm -hmm. or my dad or my son or whatever without sacrificing my own health and waistline. So like right. these are a great compromise. Cause like as you know, like not men and women like just can't eat the same things in the yep. same amounts. It's just a biological fact. Right. <laughs> so like, I get really pumped to eat like, you know, a giant like veggie grain bowl or something but like logan's gonna need a little he's, meat with his he's meal. gonna need the ribs and i'm cool with that i'm like yeah. that's totally fine as long as you know you're not as, as long as, as he's eating his vegetables out. exactly <laughs> you get yeah. it exactly yeah which is which is tough i remember my college roommate and this was at dartmouth also so it's like this guy was obviously very intelligent but but like one of the first days i don't even know how this came up but he's like a death metal guy who went on to work at Google Google and, and, and all that. But I remember asking him, I'm just like, so <laughs> what do you want to eat tonight? And he's like, well, I don't believe in vegetables. And I don't think over those four years I ever saw him eat a vegetable or anything with fiber in it. It was it was unbelievable, but that's that's the norm actually. And I think most women are horrified to hear that, especially moms, right? But but increasingly uh, you know, girlfriends and then wives as they real realize that they married a, a grown boy <laughs> who never really connected the dots with food but you know it's it's not necessarily his fault it's really not it's just the way that all of this comes together and I think if we want to solve that we need to acknowledge that fact without ego without any emotion without kind of judgment, coming yeah. into it, without judgment and just say all right I guess we need to learn how to make chicken parm again because that's kind of fun. You can do it as a family. Uh, it's, it's one of our favorite recipes that we do all the time. We just do it in a different way. And I think one of the things that, that we're missing in society today is most of the mac and cheese, the nachos, the Philly cheesesteaks, the things that you're talking about, these delicious comfort foods, how many people are still making those at home? Right. Exactly. And it, that's a huge hurdle, getting people to cook in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so hard to convince, especially people that have never set foot in the kitchen, mm -hmm. you know, it's a huge hurdle to get over to be like, look, I'm going to start cooking meals for myself so that I know exactly what goes into them. And like right. cooking for yourself is 100%. Like it's non-negotiable. It's the cornerstone of a healthy lifestyle. Like 100%. you have to cook for yourself. Not all the time. I love yeah. going out to eat, but like it's really the only way to 100% control what's going into your meals. And so like, that's always been a focus for me, even prior to the dude diet and starting my blog was sort of getting people to the point where they felt 
comfortable and yeah. it, and not just comfortable like that they weren't dreading cooking right yeah well so the cooking people, and the cleaning right it's that combo that crushes stuff. people i'm not gonna share cook that yeah <laughs> it's it's an adjustment but you learn to uh you learn to love it or sidestep it in one way by just having you know one person's cooking one night another person's cooking another night or you know with the amount that people are eating out these days um even if you cook a few times and you make them big cooks at home crock pot cooks or making a big old salad and stuff like that you can get by just preparing meals on select days of the week and especially if you divvy that up it's really not nearly as intimidating as most people think it is but but you're a trained chef and you know how to make things taste good which uh, you use different tricks right to make them healthy at the same time than people would if they're a chef at a franchised restaurant right getting like cisco industrial products so <laughs> what what are the differences between the tricks that they use and and what you do to make these healthy cleanish foods uh, better for us but still taste good i think the the main difference first of all is the fact that when i'm cooking i'm always sort of cooking small batch and i'm considering mm -hmm. anything under you know 12 servings right small batch and that gives you so much more control, first of all. Like if you go out to a restaurant, even if you're going somewhere where they're trying to be healthy, we can buy a big jar of you know, coconut oil or something like this that is not prohibitively expensive yeah. when you're cooking for yourself. But maybe for you know, for a restaurant, that can be a different, totally different kettle of fish. And yeah. also like people there is not 100% transparency when you go to a restaurant. So right. they can just as easily say like, this is healthy and people are going to believe them. Yeah. And if there's like the nutrition facts, you know, I don't personally believe in counting calories, but it works for some people, you sure. know, but like on a menu, just because something's low in fat and calories does not mean that it's good for you. So yeah. like I purposely did not include nutrition facts yeah. in the dude diet Tip only because we I don't, don't either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want people to look at my recipes and be like, wait, that has like 700 calories. I'm like, yes, but like at the same time, it is untrustic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, the things that I do, first of all, I'm really big on spices. Mm -hmm. I don't think, like, you know, I think that learning how to use spices, which right. is not nearly as complicated as it sounds, can build a ton of flavor. Yeah. That otherwise, you know, if you go out, People are common extra cheese, like bread, like all these things mm -hmm. that are sort of because whatever's underneath is a little bit bland. Yeah. They're using those things to build flavor. Whereas if you start with like really good spices or to be perfectly honest, you start with really good produce or yep. meat. Mm -hmm. And those are naturally so much more flavorful, you yeah. know, so like you don't need to add a ton of butter or a ton of oil or a ton of cheese. And like the one thing that I always joke about is like, Men are very visual creatures. So True. like I'm like a little bit of melted cheese on top of something goes a long way. Like yeah. when you bring it out, just the knowledge that it's there, like it's all very sexy looking, you yeah. know, like people are gonna get excited about it, but it's it's a reasonable amount of cheese. You know, like nothing is yeah. off limit. Another interesting thing about guys that I've noticed and I am one so this happens to me too so I need to stop myself sometimes is like you eat what's on your plate and you just plow through it and if it's you know one little thing that's like three inches by three inches piece of lasagna we'll eat that or if it's like 12 by 12 we'll eat that too and it like yeah. doesn't bother us that's what we're supposed to do and we won't even think about it so when I mean, it comes 
Yeah, exactly. So when it when it comes to you know preparing meals like that, especially when they do have great flavor, you find that you can start saving money. You have less food waste. You're definitely spending less eating out and stuff like that. But yep. generally speaking, when you are eating out a lot when you don't know how to cook, you're spending a ton of money on really cheap ingredients. So can you dig in a little bit more like what's the difference between the oils that you would use compared to a traditional restaurant or something like so, that? So first of all, I use pretty much in this book at least, it's really important to me that you can go into your average grocery store anywhere and right. find the ingredients in this book because nothing frustrates me more than when people tell me something is simple. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like I had to go to six different stores. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I also left out prep times because everyone lies in their prep times in yeah. cookbooks. So True. <laughs> I'm like, I just like, it takes however long it takes you, okay? Like, yeah. and there's no shame in it, but I use extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. I use coconut oil. Personally, when I'm cooking at home, I use avocado oil. I really like the flavor and it yeah. has a high smoke point, but that's not necessarily something that is currently carried in all supermarkets, but coconut oil is, and so is extra virgin olive oil. And it's so much better for, like, first of all, it's so much better for your heart than like something like canola oil or mm-hmm. peanut oil or the traditional things that you find, you know, used in a restaurant. Yeah. And they also have a lot more flavor. So you only really need a small amount. And that's like what's so great. And if you're using the proper techniques, mm-hmm. So like I, I'm a huge fan of grilling. Obviously, like it locks in the moisture. You don't have to like bury something in oil or butter to keep it. I hate to use the word moist, but like moist. And same thing, you know, roasting, braising in like lighter, you know, anything from chicken stock that's super, you know, flavored with a lot of spices and right. onions, garlic, things like that that you can are you know super cheap first of all like you go you can go and buy 10 onions for like 250 yeah. you know what i mean and i'm like those are the types of pantry staples that you can slowly build up and you'll save yourself some and if you want to buy things in bulk do it you yeah. know what i mean like there's at some point you will get through those things not fresh produce obviously but like whole grains you know things like onions that will keep for several mm-hmm. weeks if you store them in a cool dry place you know like big jars of coconut oil or almond butter or things you know you're going to go through. Yeah. I strongly believe in stocking up on those things. But in terms of like the oils, you know, these are the types of things too that I feel like at least Logan gets sort of overwhelmed when I start to go out. I'm like medium chain fatty acids. Yeah. I'm like, look, let's not even <laughs> get into that. <laughs> let's just have cheeseburger? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just focus on the fact that like, First of all, you really want to be avoiding, in my mind, I'm like, always avoid deep fried things, period. Like, yeah. even if you're making them at home, just there are ways, you know, oven fried things, in my opinion, too, like, actually, mm-hmm. if you do it right, can actually taste so much better because they still retain that crunch. They never have the oil slick, right. you know, that you'll see, like, if you order, you know, chicken fingers or something at a restaurant and you let them sit there and don't eat them right away, right. you'll notice that slick in yeah. the bottom like on, on the parchment paper and it's sort of Gnarly. gross and you're like, Ooh, like why is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the, that's the type of thing that like, if you oven fry things, they'll still retain that crunch. Right. Plus you can taste the things that they're seasoned with. Like frying tends to drown out a lot of the other mm-hmm. flavors. And so you lose that automatically. So 
oven frying, roasting, grilling, anything that you can get away with using a minimal amount of fat. And those are the techniques that I go over and over again in, in the book, you know, being like, these are your building blocks, yeah. you know, everything from, or steam it, you know, like you can cook like a piece of fish, like wrapped up in parchment. And like, all of a sudden it locks all those flavors in there. It's incredibly like tender mm -hmm. and like open that up and you smell everything like your sense of smell too. I'm like, what does fried food smell like? It smells like fried food. All of it smells the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's corn dogs, chicken fingers, onion rings, like all you smell is Rancid fried oil. food. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, you, you stay away from that stuff for a little while and it's really hard to go back. It is because Ooh. you start to feel terrible when you yeah. actually do eat them. You get a food hangover. Like that's right. what I call them now. And like, because I never really realized it before because when that's a regular part of your diet, your body does adjust in a very bad way. But right. like you don't feel that terrible yeah. versus same thing. That's, I, I mean, cutting out like refined sugar for a couple days. It doesn't mean you're giving it up forever, but your cravings for it obviously right. subside so much that you don't need to be eating that much of it. And there's hit sugar hidden in everything in restaurants too, right. like every sauce, like you just don't know what's going into these things. And when people actually find out like the full ingredient list, which tend to be like terrifyingly long too, yeah. like an ingredient list should never be, you know, more than a page long. That's ridiculous. Right. And like pizza, like you, Domino's, like places like that, I don't like, I mean, I don't want to call it Domino's. There's plenty of chains, right. but like they don't even disclose their full ingredient list. And like the ingredient list for their cheese is like 15 items. I'm like, most of which are not cheese. supposed to be cheese. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think people don't realize how horrifying some of that pre-made franchised out industrial food really is. But as soon as you just get, you know, start with scrambled eggs or, or yeah. salad, something really simple. Uh, the dude diet is great for that because it's just like these are very appealing recipes that a guy might even try to make himself. And I think a, a, an interesting thing happens as much as we rib each other for ever touching vegetables or thinking about them or, or let alone talking about them. We do have a lot of respect for other guys who can cook a communal meal. I remember when I was a uh, uh, young adult, so like my first career job in DC I went over to a guy's house and he had his crock pot going that was one of the first times I'd ever seen like a guy use a crock pot yeah. he had this crock pot going with this beautiful roast and just some like sauteed vegetables and it was this amazing meal and he had dates for the next like two years you know what I mean it's like it worked out for him all the guys loved it too a man that's like smart, funny, and attractive, right. but like a guy that can cook is automatically smarter, funnier, and more <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of hidden benefits to taking yeah. that plunge, but yeah. your dude also went through something that's, that's very common. This happened to myself as well. It's like he stepped on the scale after ignoring it for a really long time. And what happened? I mean, he like got, it was actually like straight out of like, it was one of those comedy moments that I was like, if this is like out of a Seinfeld episode or yeah. something like I was like lying in bed on the Saturday <laughs> and I heard like this like banging and like screaming from the bathroom. And like, we lived in like a, you know, a railroad apartment. I only had to run one room to get to him. Right. He's like standing there fully naked, like on the scale, getting off it, like banging it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this scale is broken. And I was like, I literally bought that three days ago. Like it is not broken. And he was like, you know, the stream of expletives was priceless, but yeah. just like full blown, like panic. 
Right. And I was like, when was the last time you weighed yourself? Like, how can this be such a shock? But like, he was, you know, he, was, he played lacrosse in college. Like, he, he was still eating like a college athlete. Right. And I was like, you are like a desk bound, you know, 29 year old male, but like exercise is like maybe twice a week. And like, right. one of those is like sitting in a steam room. So yeah. like, this is not a sustainable <laughs> thing. But that was sort of the turning point where he was like, okay. You know, he wasn't seriously overweight. And he the crazy mm -hmm. thing is, like, what I always say about guys, like, it's not much a good button down can't hide. You know, <laughs> so, like, he yeah, looked yeah. fine. It was more he realized he had put on, like, I'd say a solid 20 pounds since college. Yeah. And was like, uh-oh, like, this is, the, I don't want to be continue going down this road. Right. So it was, I want to stop now while, like, there's not you know, a crazy, like, I don't have to do a full lifestyle overhaul. I just want to like get back on track. Yeah. And that's a lot easier to do when it's the first like 20 or 30 pounds or something like that. Then if it progresses exactly. and you start to get heart disease, prediabetes, some exactly. mental effects as well. I mean, that, that can take a lot more time and certainly more of a, uh, an overhaul of your entire life. Cause it's all about building these habits. And yeah. when, uh, when you have zero of them, it, it gets harder the longer you go. Like you're cemented into not yeah. knowing how to make anything, just eating out of packages, and that's that's not where we want to be. But I want to I want to uh, shift gears a little bit because I know you were a yeah. private chef to people in the NFL as well, to professional athletes, and you have a few stories about that. Yeah. So this was a whole different side of like the dude diet that really intrigued me because when you think about, I did this for two seasons. I cooked for one guy each season. And I was hooked up with them through their nutritionist. And it's really impressive what the NFL is doing these days. Like they really are trying to educate yeah. their players about nutrition because they want them to have, you know, minimal inflammation, like mm -hmm. to be in the best possible shape they can be. And a lot of them, this, the crazy thing is like, if you look at a linebacker, like those are huge dudes. And right. like, they have to maintain that weight but like they also want to be doing that in a healthy way. So yeah. like they don't want to be just like eating three large pizzas for dinner to like right. keep that bulk on. So the first guy I cooked for two polar opposites, you know, one guy was like close to 300 pounds and one guy was like 175. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And like he was super lean and like the first guy just wanted to get, you know, his nutritionist was like, he doesn't have any restrictions. He just needs to work more whole foods into his diet. Yeah. But like I accidentally on my first day, you know, I was like, hey, so like, you know, your nutritionist says you're on like a pretty strict diet. <laughs> and the look of horror that like immediately like came over his face and he was like, what? I'm just trying to eat less Taco Bell. And I was like, <laughs> fair enough. Like I can yeah. do that for you. And so like the crazy thing was for him, this was an extreme example, but He'd never had really anybody cook for him before. So he'd been eating like, you know, essentially takeout restaurant meals, packaged foods like, yeah. forever. So when I would serve certain things, he would be like, what is this? I'd be like, you know, my immediate like response as a chef is like, do you not like it? Like, that's why you're right. at it. And he's like, no, I love it. I just never seen it before. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and it was like something like quinoa or like pork tenderloin, you know, like something sure. like that, that the more health or lean meats, first of all, mm -hmm. and whole grains, and to be perfectly honest, slightly more, I don't, I don't want to say obscure types of produce, but like in yeah. his mind, you know, like 
butternut squash was not something that he was yeah, eating sure. on a regular basis. Yeah. So that was really cool. And he, after, you know, the first month was like, I feel really good. And he was like, my coach today commented on like how much like faster and stronger I seem. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to take full credit for that. He was, he was yeah. taking other steps in his life yeah. to get, you know, in the best possible shape. But it was really cool to see somebody go through that, like, transformation where they're exposed to new foods. And then on the uh, the flip side of the coin, when I was cooking for this really, you know, giant guy, yeah. he was newly gluten-free. Now, yeah. it's not, you know, there are no, now so many gluten-free options, but mm -hmm. when somebody needs to be eating, you know, like 2,500 calories at dinner, yeah, that's, it's hard when you can't bulk it out with any sort of like, yeah. even even like whole grain pasta or farro or like, you know, you really do have to be using slightly more alternative grains mm -hmm. and like really working in a ton of protein. Mm -hmm. um, and after my first, you know, week, I was like, how are things going? Like, he's like, everything tastes great, but like, I don't know what to tell you. I need more food. Yeah. I was like, okay. So like, as a point of reference, I just served you a whole chicken. <laughs> Like yeah. a whole roast right. chicken. You I need three chickens. Yeah, and he was, yeah, he was like, I don't know what to tell you. I need at least two or three. I was like, <laughs> you got it, dude. But like that wow. was the type of thing where you, you know, I was making these what felt like dinner for six, to be perfectly honest. Sure. But like for one guy, but it was still lean proteins, a ton of produce. And then it was really fun to be experimenting with all of these gluten-free sort of options. And I'm not a big fan, to be honest, of like things that are just labeled gluten-free. Like I was not right. using just gluten-free like pasta. Like I was actually using like 100% brown rice pasta or, you know, quinoa, farro, like all of these things cooked in their natural state and not right. sort of bulked out with sugars and chemicals and like yeah. all the other scary things and processed gluten-free goods. Bring them some gluten-free uh, Oreos or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, and that was another thing, you know, just to bring Logan back into it. Yeah. I once got him eating one of those like 10 pound bags of like, you know, Costco bags of gluten-free chocolate covered pretzels. And he's like, they're gluten-free. I was like, that's not synonymous <laughs> with healthy. Like what are ridiculous concepts? We'll believe whatever we want to believe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's interesting, you know, it is really interesting to see that like these professional athletes who are fuel, literally using fu food as fuel right. versus like their average dude that is like just eating dinner. It yeah. really makes such a huge difference in their performance. Um, but they still wanted to be eating, you know, like the things that they requested were still, you know, cheesesteaks for some reason what is it with cheesesteaks like everyone wants cheesesteak but this guy was actually from philly so that's why okay but you know like really traditional sort of like italian comfort food meals and mm -hmm. stuff like that that you know i was like these aren't like traditionally healthy meals and like yeah. i didn't want to make them over in a way that like like when it came to chicken parm i was like i'm not like it would be so bush league to make this guy like a you know like a grilled version where right. it's like the plain chicken breast. But I was like, no, like, and I ended up like coming up, like, you know, marinating it in buttermilk and then covering it in crushed brown rice cereal, which mm -hmm. like is, it's great gluten-free option, but yeah. actually has a ton more flavor than just like grilling the chicken, plain chicken breast and putting some tomato sauce on it. You know what I mean? Like there are hacks. To All right. So this next question is actually from the acknowledgements piece of your book. 
And it says, I still shudder at the thought that I might have ended up with some muscle dude that ate exclusively clean whole foods. I love that because I think so many people, they think that you have to join this cult and eat nothing but skinless chicken breasts and have protein shakes. And that's the extent of your life. There's no enjoyment. There's no pleasure in food. There's no feasting. And it really, if you want to be healthy, if you want to perform at your best, if you want to be a pro athlete who's getting better and better, you don't have to do that. No, and also, like, and I know from reading your book, you feel exactly the same way. Like, feeling deprived is only going to end badly. Like, you can't let yourself, like, the dude diet needs no martyrs. We're not trying (laughs) to, like, get people to give up the foods that they love. And I also firmly believe that, like, if you do, like, want to go to, like, Pat's or Gino's when you're in Philly and, like, crush two cheesesteaks and hang out, like... (laughs) do it like that's not you know that's not a deal breaker just make sure that you know you are living a balanced lifestyle because like it it sounds so cliche to say that it's all about moderation but like you really once you're armed with the tools and the skills that you need to make healthier decisions Mm -hmm. then you're gonna do that for the most part on a daily basis and then you know the other what 10 20, 30% ish. of that one. Clean-ish. Clean, you're going to eat clean-ish, you yeah. know, and that's totally fine. Yeah, and that's the way that you have to do it whether you like it or not because if you try to be one of those people who's squeaky clean, perfectly muscled, works out all the time, eats perfectly all the time, it, it goes in really bad directions really quickly for a lot of people because you travel a little bit, then you find that you can't eat anything and uh, that that can go really poorly. So it's important to recognize that you're doing this for health, and part of that is mental health as well. And you know, yeah. when you take the the chicken parm that that you make, I'm sure uh, your recipe for it versus something in a restaurant, I'm going to go for yours every time, and it's probably going to taste a lot better too. Even if some you know schmuck made it who doesn't know how to no. cook, it's still going to taste better because the ingredients are better, and it, it's crafted by someone who knows what they're doing. And the taste comes from the freshness of foods, the food itself, not the tricks. And then also like a little bit of that satisfaction that you made it yourself. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. That and tastes a lot better. That It does taste a lot better. And I just think that like I really I've always felt this way. I really can't stand people trying to impose their beliefs on others right. wholeheartedly, whether that's in religion or diet or fashion, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You'll see sidebars throughout the whole book where like my general life motto is you do you, like whatever works for you. Like, you know, you have to like live your life and everybody's looks a little bit different, so. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think your book is absolutely fantastic. Are there any like quick tips that you might have for someone who really doesn't know what to do in the kitchen? but they'd like to get started? I think the first thing is to outfit your kitchen. And that sounds scary, but I'm talking about- Don't say outfit to guys, by the way. Yeah, don't say outfit, yeah. Get your stuff together. Yeah, nice. <laughs> There's a whole chapter on that in the dude diet. And it like, I wanna be very upfront that like I walk into, you know, something like William Sonoma or Bed Bath and Beyond and see all of these things and I know what they all are and I'm super excited about them. Sure. But like not everyone gets excited about specialty spatulas and like I'm cool with that. Right, like right. you really only need a handful of tools, you know, a few basic like actual cookware, mm-hmm. like skillets, etc. And then a couple tools, you know, a really good knife, 
I'm not even going to tell you that you need three knives like all cookbooks do. You can do pretty much everything with one. Maybe yeah. you want the backup serrated knife. Like, but realistically, like you can hack it if you've got a chef's knife sure. and like the proper cookware. And then also building a usable pantry because there's nothing that's going to make you want to cook less than opening, you know, a cookbook or going online and right. looking at a recipe and being like, I have to buy all of these things. But if you already have, you know, the oils, the salt and pepper, a handful of spices, that's great. And you really, again, this is where the you do you comes in. If you know that you like certain flavors, invest in those first and slowly build up your pantry because, and I use the term pantry loosely for like a long time. My pantry was like a plastic box by my door. So like whatever works, just get the building box in place. And that also applies to techniques. So there's a section called back pocket recipes in the book. Um, and I feel really strongly about people mastering, you know, like how to cook a chicken breast, yep. basic frittata, uh, a super easy stew, like essentially like these building blocks that you can then adapt in a right. million ways. Um, and also, like you said about sort of getting a lot of cooking out of the way on certain days of the week. So like if you're going to make one chicken breast, why not make four? If mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, use those in salads or add them to sandwiches or soups or whatever throughout the week. Um, same thing goes for like a stew. If you're already making one, you have a big pot of any kind of this, a heavy bottom soup pot. Why don't you just double the recipe and freeze half for when you need it? You know, so it's sort of getting your stuff together in the kitchen and learning these few basic techniques. And then realistically, it's also just embracing that things aren't necessarily going to be perfect. You can adapt them. You can save most disasters. I think like my biggest cooking, you know, tip that I tell everyone is don't be afraid to mess up because you're going right. to. Yeah. And like you can usually save it and when you can't, like those are the stories that you tell at parties. So like just yeah. go with it. And and don't take it too personally. Like just because your food yeah. came out bad or someone else's came out bad. No judgment. It just laugh about it. It happens all the time. And people, you know, if you say that you don't like someone's cooking, that gets really political really quickly. So oh you have to be careful. I would Right. But you don't do that to yourself either. I think that's exactly what people do when they first get started. And it's uh, it's actually quite forgiving. So allow yourself to screw up for the first like half dozen times or whatever. And you're going to screw up to other people. I know that's really hard, but like we live in the Pinterest Instagram age where like everything looks perfect. I was like, truth be told, like you're like, you know, whatever your chicken parm is not going to look exactly like the photo in the book. Right. But like whatever you know <laughs> the cheese was all glue anyway yeah, it's that. yeah. <laughs> well serena this was absolutely fantastic please tell folks where they can find you and a little bit more about your book so you can find me first of all i'm on domesticate-me.com multiple times a week with fresh recipes um, and videos and general tips everywhere on social media i am at serena g wolf uh, so you can find me in all of those places, uh, including Snapchat, which I refuse to give up. Um, and the Dude Diet is available for pre-order on Amazon. There's also a big there's a cookbook page on my site that has, if you're not into Amazon, there's all the other details, pre-order details, giveaways, et cetera. There's lots of cool things you're going to be getting if you pre-order the book. Um, and they'll be on shelves and available in stores on October 25th. If you want to go old school and I'll be doing some like a very, I'll be in different locations, which will all be available on my site for events and signings and stuff. 
And, you know, realistically, it's called the dude diet. I know that dude is a traditionally gendered term, but <laughs> to me, it is blind. Um, this is for dudes and the people that love them. If you're a chick that identifies with the dude mentality, I mean, I am you. So <laughs> at the very least, I think reading the dude diet will help them understand men a little bit better and how to hopefully guide them a little bit toward the world of health because you know it's a tough thing to do you can never force it on anyone but at some point you'll probably get those little clues that a guy might be asking for help like when he body slams (laughs) (laughs) everything in the bathroom because he didn't know how much he weighed and just found out the scale has to be broken i'm concerned if your significant other or dad or brother or best friend needs to do that leave it in the bathroom yeah oh that's Um, a good idea (laughs) (laughs) And I also, you know, firmly believe that if you don't want to talk to your significant other about eating more healthily, because that can be a weird dynamic for years, there have been plenty of women forwarding my posts to their significant others and being like, isn't this so crazy that she's doing this to her boyfriend online slash like what good information is in there? So if you want to make me the bad guy, that's totally cool. Nice. There's also... If you want to just make a great recipe of whole foods for someone else without them yeah. quite realizing it yet, that is a great way to get people started. And they're just like, where did, where did these cookies come from again? They're health food? I can yeah. eat these? <laughs> great. Yeah, it's great. Well, Serena, thank you so much. Your book is, is wonderful, and I'd love to have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go, don't forget to grab your listener discount on our 30-day fat loss plan. In this plan, we share 30 days of mouth-watering wild diet meal plans that are designed to help you drop fat with real food. The meal plans are paleo-friendly, easy to make, and literally the meals that my wife Allison and I eat just about every day and night to stay lean, fit, and happy. In the program, you'll get the most effective method of meal and nutrient timing to best stimulate fat loss and muscle recovery, the truth about how much protein you really need for your body type, 30 days of specific healthy fat-burning meal plans as a done-for-you nutrition strategy, and tons more. If you check it out today, you'll even get a listener discount. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. Once again, that's fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you. And if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man 
Better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.